ओम सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यम करवाबहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांति 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 टेकिंग ऑफ फ्रॉम वेयर वी लेफ्ट येस्टरडे यू नो दोल we have to cover a few more things about this creation what is called creation mythology in the shastra in the texts and what does this mean it is it is a it is a model it's a model that that brings with it um some you know some kind of a um Uh, what's that some kind of a um rubric for us to rely on and it is a rubric that is not against logic but it is possibly beyond logic <laughs> it is not against logic yes some of it is based in belief like punarjanma rebirth reincarnation etc but again that's not against logic and if we don't believe in that then you know uh the costs of not believing in reincarnation are very heavy uh, for uh, one's mental health as an individual and as a collective yeah definitely because if think about it if you feel like there is only one shot you get at life and then after that it's all over the frenzy um, you know which is already there in the jiva to try to ful- fulfill all the ragadveshas is you know is uh, is uh, tenfold thousandfold yeah because you know that this is there is all what you get and the fear the bhaya of decimation is again thousandfold even though there is a belief that i will somehow go end up with god uh, or i may end up in a you know which is uh, heaven uh, or i may end up in a horrible place you know that adds to the frenzy in life because you get only one chance and you better not mess it up it's it's uh, it's more of the protest what is called the protestant work ethic you know where one is you know stoically plodding along without any um, you know attention the attention is all outwards and very little attention to inner growth in uh, you know by contrast the um, you know the the vedic society and the society, meaning the community that is that uh, you know uh, that any community wherever it may be that is influenced by the vedas there is a high premium on inner development and emotional maturity spiritual growth rather than outward accomplishment that's why in the ancient i mean it was a completely non competitive society in ancient times there was zero competition and that's why you know it's it's very difficult you know for for the vedic society to transition into a uh, into a competitive capitalist economy and we see the effects of that in india this kind of a you know haphazard pattern of growth and confusion 
that that continues to persist in terms of self identity and so you see the whole thing is very interesting because when there is a high premium on inner development the uh, the the priorities of the society and the priorities of the individual in terms of what to accomplish there is a drastic difference then compared to when there is a high premium on outward accomplishment as the only source of approval and you know so there is a it looks very very different and besides you know in the in the vision of the vedas the, the you know there is nothing to accomplish there is nothing to correct there is nothing to you know no perfection to gain because it's it's a perfection that's already there which just needs to be discovered as the truth of the self that is what the whole thing is and so there is a high premium on spiritual growth rather than you know rather than anything else anything outward that one can accomplish and there is a high premium on do uh, on the values on cultivating the values that uh, one needs to cultivate in order to in order to accomplish this end ha huh. because you know that without those values adhikaritvam the end is not accomplished so the so not only is there a focus on spiritual growth as you know as the highest accomplishment in life but also there is a high premium on on the values and all the you know attending qualities uh, inner qualities that one has to cultivate and develop shraddha you know a resolved mind uh viveka viveka is discrimination between what what is finite and what is infinite and vairagya letting go of the finite and uh, you know uparati you know letting go in general titiksha forbearance patience patience and samadhanam single minded focus and then the desire to be freed from this notion of bondage which is experienced in this life and which is manifest in this life as a as a drive uh, to to quell the self disapproval which is really the notion of bondage and so because of that perceived sense of self loath self judgment self critique and self disapproval one goes about in this frenzied way trying to trying to shore up Uh, a lot of nothing in order to become somebody and to have something this is the problem and the final difference between the uh, you know if we can just broadly generalize between the east and the west is that you know in the west it's the the the, the accomplishment is the it's just focused on after life because there's you know in life you just keep going 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 but really what you know from the theological point of view it's an after life focused uh, tradition the mainstream religions you know and even in the hindu uh, tradition we have a couple of sects that are focused on the after life more so than this life but generally speaking you know in the in the uh, in advaita vedanta and in hindu philosophy in general what is to be accomplished is 
is available to be accomplished here and now, not at, in some afterlife. Because the hunger for moksha, freedom from the notion, the relentless notion of self, you know, disapproval, is, is as valid as another hunger for food, for something to drink. Just like if for a hungry person, you cannot tell that person, you know, in afterlife there is lot of food. There is croissants, there is cake, there is all food groups, vegetable, dairy, uh, you know, tofu, everything is there. <laughs> you can take your pick, you know. So after death, you know, after uh, after you, you get moksha from this body, not moksha, but uh, uh, not moksha, moksha, but moksha means freedom from this body, then you can, uh, you know, then you can enjoy. There is horn of plenty. There is so much to drink. All kinds of things are there. And you can enjoy. That person is going to say, let me give you moksha right now. That person is going to be angry. Because this, this, is, a, this is a burning desire to eat, to sustain myself. That cannot wait. The Mundakopanishad, you know, evokes the image of a person with the a burning tuft of hair. <laughs> ah, suddenly the hair and even the head are, are on fire. And the person is running for what? Obviously a water source, correct? Ah, and so for this running person, you know, with the burning head, you know, as the person is running, looks to the left and sees a Starbucks there and says, oh, let me just stop for coffee and then, and then I will, you know, attend to this burning head. No, you don't even see the Starbucks. You just go straight because the intensity of the, 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 the burn is so much that all you can think of is quelling the burn. Yeah. And then where the pond is, you dunk your head. And then, you know, then after the thing has been quelled, you look around and you see everybody is quiet, <laughs> there is a guru <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, standing right by the pond and then you find that you are at the ashram, you have come to the right place for head extinguishing, <laughs> for extinguishing the burning head. So like this, this desire for moksha is, is 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 so basic like the hunger one feels the desire for moksha is very very primal uncultivated and so it has to have a uh, solution right here before one leaves this body not after one leaves this body just like hunger thirst cannot wait after one leaves this body so therefore you know, this is uh, uh, the reason to point this out. Is is it's it's important because that is the focus of uh, you know Vedanta and of uh, this you know um, of this uh, um, teaching in the Maitri Upanishad. Not any other uh, you know any other little bylanes and um, little what should I say detours that we may take in the process of making sure that we internalize this vision. And what is this burn for? 
what is this thirst and hunger for what is this moksha moksha means freedom freedom from what self disapproval and self critic relentless self judgment and a feeling i am not okay i have been abandoned and nobody loves me i am not enough this is the this is the feeling to get freed of thankfully it's just a feeling no matter how persistent it may appear it is still just a feeling so now what so now you know the this feeling is to be uh, is to be remedied on the level of knowledge because there's nothing to do if the feeling was you know tattooed on the <laughs> on the heart area here then you know you could undergo some surgery and and remove that tattoo you know but this is not you know this is not tattooed on the heart area this is not something that is that is uh, you know that uh, that is there to remove surgically why because it's really not there but then i i have pangs of yearning yes that pang is mithya mithya means maya maya means it is there it is experienced but just because it is experienced it's not really there everything that is experienced doesn't really exist for example the ghost pain of the amputee you know so somebody unfortunately you know goes to war or is shot or you know something you know who has uh, some problem and the foot has to be amputated cut off as they are recovering you know they they feel the limb that is not there and they feel the pain that is not there it is very real they experience it they are there in turmoil and torture because they experience the sukshma sharira the sukshma portion of the leg that was cut off they are able to experience that extremity on a subtle level and then what happens and then you know on a subtle level they are you know uh they are in pain and that that experience on the subtle level transfers in the mind as pain so they will they will say my ankle hurts you don't have an ankle it's been take cut off no no it really hurts so it is experienced but it is not real you know the feeling is real because it is experienced so i mistake the feeling for the reality that there is a feeling is real okay so just like that that there is a feeling i am bound is is universal and that is what is addressed that is what is you know um addressed and uh, you know this is what we have to um we have to sort of understand how to how to address this pain and where to take it how does this resolve just by you know Uh, th- th- this is again a quantum leap just by studying vedanta this is going to resolve you know how is this going to resolve just just like studying vedanta what is this vedanta shmedanta has to do with my long lost pain this this long standing pain which keeps coming keeps coming life after life i am told and how is just this sitting and studying with a teacher how is that going to help there is a quantum leap here between being a mumukshu which is a seeker of freedom to a jigyasu which is a seeker of knowledge both of them have in common the word seeker ha ah.
Seeker is common. Before I was seeking freedom in a haphazard, amorphous, ambiguous way. Anything I thought would free me, starting with rock climbing and skydiving and all those dangerous sports, and then, you know, getting tattooed, so many things, people feel a sense of freedom. Why? Because at home, all these things are not approved of, especially the tattoo. Yes, and so when you go and get one tattoo, you feel, ah, I'm free. But, you know, that doesn't last. After a while, what happens? You know, it comes back comes back, the feeling of constriction, the feeling of self-disapproval, the feeling of self-critique, all that comes back. It doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't leave. And so therefore what? So therefore this transformation of a mumukshu to a jigyasu is not unlike the caterpillar, you know, in its little whatever, you know, what is that called, that, that little cocoon to a butterfly. The mumukshu is still in her, his own cocoon. The mumukshu is its in cocoon because it is not able to see the, the, the truth. It's not able to see the truth that this is merely a, a attitudinal shift. This freedom that I'm seeking depends upon an attitudinal shift. Why? Because the problem is one of not seeing everything correctly. The problem is one of what is called adhyasa, superimposition of the wrong idea. This is the problem. And this problem to fix, I, I should know what is the correct thing. I should be re, it should be revealed to me what is the true nature of, of I. That has to be revealed to me. Oh, come on. Why should it be revealed? Because don't you know who you are? Well, I thought I knew, but this eye is full of pains and sorrows. Therefore, I can't, you know, I can't do this, I can't handle it, I can't, you know, whatever. So therefore what? So, the, you know, so this, this I, which I have thought to be the sum total of all pains and sorrows, is revealed, you know, in a twofold way. First, that this, this is a mistake. You who think is subject to fear and sorrow are not, period. And the next, you know, the next level is why? Why are you not subject to the pains and sorrows that you thought you were? Because for both, you know, sorrow and fear, there should be something other than you, which is the cause of that sorrow and fear. And good morning, there is nothing other than you. <laughs> Wake up, in other words wake up, there is nothing other than you. Even the coffee that you smell after you wake up is nothing but an extension of you. All that is there is this self-effulgent, self-revealing I in whose presence everything comes to light. That's all there is. And so how, how can you be afraid of what? You know, Anandam Brahmano Vidwan Anandam Brahma, this, this uh, you know, this knower of Brahman, which is the ultimate, which is understanding, Brahman means the self, which is, you know, which is uh, uh, delineated from the body-mind complex and everything changing uh, un until one sees that this self is nothing but consciousness. So Brahman is another name for consciousness. 
that is infinite that is limitless and that is all existence and that is the source of all existence so i am that tatvamasi aham brahmasmi this is what it reveals these are the sentences that reveal that oneness and so that is so there uh, now knowing that anandam brahmano vidwan now the person knows this who knows this you know narvibheti there is no reason for fear why kutashchana iti from whom should the, their uh, the person be afraid because you know the word afraid uses the ablative case grammatically the ablative case is the fifth case you know which is called apadanam and in defining this the great grammarian panini says you know as a definition of this dhruvam apaye apadanam from something that is you know that is steady something else you know comes out of so therefore what so there is there, there has to be two things you know so the fear comes out of this person because of what because of the presence of yet one more thing and that one more thing keeps changing changing one is afraid of the dark then one is afraid of something else someone is afraid of shadows one is afraid of so many things you know so therefore what so the the very term afraid the very word uh, you know uh, word afraid uses the fifth case afraid of and the word of immediately begs the presence of one more thing which is not there ha <laughs> ah, so all that is there is you this is shown this is revealed so what is there to be afraid of there is nothing to be afraid of because there is no literally nothing to be afraid of because that of means there should be another subject on the same level of reality as you exist there isn't no i'm afraid of my shadow <laughs> well you know that is you have something in common with uh, with with that uh, with that hog that comes out on uh, 2nd of february every year called hog ground ground hog day so okay you know you have something in common with phil because that ground hog i it's not the same one from uh, 1850 when this custom started in uh, pennsylvania <laughs> so the fill keeps changing you know and um, they don't uh, tell you uh, when one fill has gone and uh, uh, the other fill uh, and has been filled up with the second fill they don't tell you that <laughs> because they don't want children to start getting sad so but it's a it's a fill parampara <laughs> we have a full parampara purnamadah purnamidam we are we are all about fulfillment but this is only fill without the full okay so this fill parampara continues because one fill is filled up by another fill when no one is looking but anyhow um, you know on that day which is february 2nd all these fellows you know it's only men fellows coming top hats big big hats and then you know they i don't know where phil was before then but they let him out for two seconds and then you know obviously there are all these cheering people and a crowd has gathered and they are counting they are shouting they are selling some you know uh, what is that phil t-shirts with a, with a groundhog picture on it so poor thing is naturally afraid you know we don't know if it's afraid of the shadow or not but naturally it's afraid so it takes one look and then most of the time it goes back 
and then the pronouncement is made what is the pronouncement six more weeks of winter <laughs> bundle up you know this is the thing so if you are afraid of your shadow then you have something in common with this fill you know the thing is here not to be you know not it we have to you know make a change from fill to full <laughs> when the fill turns into full <laughs> purna then there is no fear but then that's a very big leap because up till now i have been fill 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 me fill me fill me fill 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 and now suddenly you say you are not fill you are full you know how to make that transition that's why there is one more step that is given the step that is given is to is to is to uh, you know is to surrender all that all that cannot be filled at the at the feet of of the creator of the universe so there is an interim step of surrendering everything that cannot be changed cannot be filled cannot be altered at the altar of surrender which is the infallible and that's why we say the infallible is our meaning for ishvara bhagavan you know aka god although i never use that word god <laughs> yeah because it is odd to me <laughs> yeah so you see this is the whole thing the interim step helps because you know it helps to lose this this pain and the disappointment of not getting everything that one wants and not getting everything that one wants leaves one disappointed disenchanted apathetic life after life doing everything in a routine way because i'm not getting what i want i have become a very upset and a you know cranky individual this is what one becomes and therefore the the, the you know devotion and surrender in the form of devotion is an act prayer is an act and when a, a you know when a desire is not acted upon it becomes a source of frustration anger and apathy so similarly the desire which could not be fulfilled is there raging in the heart all of them and if they are not acted upon what happens you know they become you know they become source of anger and frustration prayer is an action and when the, the the very act of surrendering you know in helplessness itself becomes a prayer and so what happens you know the the pressure goes down because i have acted upon the pressure look i can't do anything about it you try you do something for me so i have put this you know i have expressed my helplessness and put this whole matter in the hands of of bhagavan who i have evoked through certain pleasing names and forms for me and that is what is called ishta devata so you can't really pray to the formless because you are formless the truth of you is formless prayer is a form so therefore since all forms you know lead to the formless and since all forms have come from the formless you know we can we can invoke the formless you know freely through any name any form it is still that same formless so you know that's why we say that the hindu does not pray to idols yeah that is all idol talk <laughs> we don't pray to idols 
we use them as a medium to pray to Bhagavan, to pray to Ishvara. Because some form is there, prayer is a form. You know, even the Christian cross is a form. And, you know, and then uh, facing uh, the West as they do in the Islamic prayer, that's a form. You know, and lying down and uh, you know, pro you know, prostrating in uh, you know, in uh, to the westward direction is a form. So you can't get away from forms. So because, but, but the only thing you can do is where, where you sort of you know put all the duality into into this one relationship that one starts to cultivate with Ishvara, and that devotion is going to help you know, uh, understand that there is nothing to be afraid of. Why? Because the surrender itself removes fear. Removes fear in the sense of it's it's a more of a atyantika removal. Atyantika means, um, you know, it's a temporary removal of fear due to surrender. That's why this sentence is, you know, in the Taittiriya Upanishad, which I quoted is repeated twice. The first time it says, Anandam Brahmano Vidwan Navibheti Kadachana Iti. So the one who is in the process of knowing, we have to see. The one who is in the process of knowing Brahman as infinite, as limitless, and as the truth of them themselves, they, let's say they are in the process of knowing they are not quite there yet. Then what? Navibheti Kadachana Iti. They are also free of fear. But why? Not because they, they, they know that there is nothing outside of them, because they have surrendered to all their fear to Bhagavan and they have full Shraddha that Bhagavan is taking care of them. So, na vibheti kadachana, at any time they are not afraid because theirs is a life of devotion and surrender. And then that's one level. And the next level is absolute. You know, here this is a relative removal of fear. This is, the, the next level is absolute freedom from fear. Fear includes sorrow. Um, you know, and, and when does that happen? That is when one truly is a vidwan. One knows that one is Brahman. And one knows that, you know, one is Bhagavan. And this Bhagavan, you know, being Bhagavan, there is nothing to be afraid of because you are, the, that's all there is in the universe there is nothing else and nobody else to, to, to talk about to think about to, uh, to do anything and so therefore this is something that you know this is something that we have to understand that that is the purport of all the teachings all the shastras all the Upanishads in the tradition the whole compendium of things are just you know just to understand this particular you know this particular thing and so if we have you know, a creation mythology, that is just for what? You know, that is just to answer so many questions that the person who has just uh, the newly minted Vedantin, you know, who is just uh, starting the classes has so many questions. What about the creation? Who made? Okay, if somebody made it, how is it made? Where do I feature into it? And yesterday we stopped off at the place where I said it's only in the Hindu tradition that they don't say that you are what? You are a creation. You are not a creation. You know, even though we have stanzas, prayers that say mother is God, you know, uh, sorry, for, for God is my mother, God is my father. 
you know, I invoke God as mother, father, friend, you know, all these things. And that's, that's more in the sense of bhavana, a, a kind of devotion, a form of devotion to see God as nothing but my father, my mother, you know. But we don't say that the human being or any sentient jiva is a creation. Jiva is just Bhagavan, you know, is nothing but Bhagavan who has missed, <laughs> missed this identity due to ignorance. This is our premise. And therefore the ignorance is being taken care of so that this identity can be reclaimed. So the I which was previously ensconced as and uh, uh, identified with the body-mind-sense complex is gently shaken out from those identification and taken to the taken to the I which is Bhagavan and the, the vision therefore is Jiveshwara Yoho Aikyam the oneness between this hapless, hopeless, helpless jiva, the individual identified with a particular body-mind complex to Ishvara, the one who is everything, all power, all knowledge and all pervasive. So then after I understand I am Bhagavan, will I be able to fly? You need not fly. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because every bird that flies is you. <laughs> ha! All you have to do is look at a bird. Even if you don't look mentally, think of a bird and you are that bird because that is the truth. So you fly as the bird. You, you, you run like the cheetah. As the cheetah you run, as the bird you fly, as the bird you hibernate, as the, you know, as the uh, uh, cat and dog you, you, you become a pet in a family. You know, as the worm you burrow, you are everything. So why do you have to have a flying, exclusive flying experience? You don't have to fly. You're already flying. And besides, you're flying high with this knowledge. So really, and, and if you read the Devi Sukta, this is what it is. Because, you know, there the, the, the goddess says, I am everything. That Sarvatma Bhava comes. So you, those, those desires, will I be able to fly? Will I be able to have some, uh, what is that called? Um, uh, siddhis Siddhis means performing miracles There are eight of them counted You know, anima, garima, laghima All these things Like, uh, you know, becoming small Hanumanji had all of them He he was crossing over He took a big leap From Rameshwaram to Jaffna In Sri Lanka like Historic leap uh, because somebody had to go and see where Sita, the queen who who was the wife of Rama, had been abducted and taken by the Sri Lankan king. So in old Lanka, he he jumped, and as he was mid air, suddenly one one uh, you know horrible looking beast came out of the water, and she said, "I have cut you. I'm not going to go. Let you go on the other side." You know, because I just feel like eating something big and you are my lunch today. And you know, and so Hanumanji was very witty and uh, very quick thinking, quick on his, you know, uh, quick reflexes, quick in his mind. And so what did he, you know, that's why he's called Manojava, the one that moves with the speed of the mind. <laughs> Not only he moves fast, but he's also quick thinking. And uh, so... He, he says, you know, 
sure, give me a minute. You know, I, I promise to go in your mouth. And if I come out, it's my problem. And she says, once you are in my mouth, I'll never let you come out. And he says, okay, no problem. Close your eyes and open your mouth. So she closes this beast. She closes her eyes and opens her mouth. And Hanumanji becomes a tiny little <laughs> smaller than a gnat, you know, G-N-A-T. And then goes in her mouth and comes out and resumes his original form. Yeah. And to cross over Lanka, he becomes, you know, hundred times bigger than his form. So this is, you know, every city is you. You don't need those cities. Because you are no longer identified with the small body, the smaller mind and the small senses. You know you are all pervasive. So you don't need Siddhis. So the desire for Siddhis will not be there. And this is the phala of this knowledge. And to understand this, we have to have a slightly, you know, elaborate creation myth. So that this, the whole thing pieces together. Because if the student who is studying cannot go past the question, what is the question? Who created this universe and how did they create this universe? If they can't go past this question, then there is, you know, there is no way to explain this. So therefore, to keep that part, that analytical part of the mind quiet, this elaborate creation mythology is given. But really speaking, we are not concerned with creation. Yeah. We are concerned with what we are not concerned with the objective creation in the universe because it has no capacity to make one afraid, to make one sad, despite what one may think. Ah, this is Ishvara Srishti, Ishvara's creation. You know, it is benign. It's neither good nor bad. It simply is. So the person who says, "Oh, this jagat is wonderful." They are having what is called Adhyasa. What is Adhyasa? Adhyasa means a superimposition. Shobhana Adhyasa. A kind of a superimposition that is, you know, that is, that is there. Now, the, the, the creation, uh, you know, the, so the whole uh, Ishvara Srishti, so this creation which is there, you know, is not important for us um, to, 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 um, uh, to 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 be very uh, what's the word for it to uh, to be very very clear here that the creation is not important because it doesn't have the power to make one afraid to make one sad so shoka and bhaya are not centered on the jagat on the universe no matter how contrary I feel to that you know one's experience is contrary to this statement. But we can't go by experience, huh? you know, because if you're sitting in a train and there is a train on the other track and that starts to move, you start feeling like it is moving. You are also moving, <laughs> but you are not moving, you are stationary. And after a while you say, oh, that train is leaving, not, not our train. This is what happens. So, but, but you experienced the movement as real, but it wasn't. So you can't go by uh, experience. And you can't go by feelings. We have to look at it objectively. And the Jagat, the, the universe, simply is. Ah. Simply is. The universe simply is. And, you know, 
and the universe simply is it doesn't not you know it doesn't have the power either to make me happy or comfortable or cocooned free of fear or afraid or unhappy it doesn't have that power it simply is that's all it is what happens i superimpose that power on to the universe and we are seeing this in detail in the brihadaranyaka upanishad how how this is done you know starting with one's own body mind sense complex as i gave the jagat the power to because of my own ignorance and the um, subsequent desires i bestow upon the jagat the power to make me happy sad comfortable secure insecure ha ah, this is the problem and all this is due to the wrong understanding of myself so this projection you know that i am not okay goes out to the jagat jagat is not okay and then goes out as far as bhagavan god is not okay why did god do this you know why did this this thing happen why did that thing happen why did so many people die we we say that's why the 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 concept of karma comes in very handy here because how else are you going to explain god is partial you know because god just woke up one day and said oh you you know 100 people over here you will be killed by an earthquake finished so let's just you know shake this you know maya where are you come and shake the earth and then all these people collapse and then they die and then there is no explanation but if you look at bhagavan as not as a guy in the sky but as as an order of the universe and the order of the universe includes a disorder includes earthquakes includes tsunamis includes you know includes this and carl jung the the uh, philosopher uh, come uh, the psychologist come philosopher you know he really he was a rishi he he pointed this out in his writings you know he said you know this whole idea that we want god to be only good you know and and uh, that that uh, that the, and then everything bad is ascribed to this parallel entity uh, you know called satan doesn't sit well with me he said it seems to be opposed to logic why because if god is limitless where then if the presence of somebody who is everything who represents everything bad in the universe becomes a parallel reality to god so therefore if there are two then how can god be limitless he asked this question and then what then he said so god must include both good and bad you know yes and then he could not go beyond it because poor thing did not did not have vedanta so you can't go beyond this and then what did he conclude he said i can't see myself praying to a god who is bad therefore i will not pray <laughs> sad you know why because vedanta takes it a step further yes everything that is quote unquote good quote unquote bad is included in god but uparistha we saw this word in detail earlier this this thing that we call bhagavan transcends this division of good and bad this we have to be i mean otherwise it doesn't make any sense 
you can't say god includes good and bad includes uh, meaning that which i consider good that which i consider bad is not outside of god yes and this whole universe is nothing but bhagavan but bhagavan is not the universe all that is quote unquote bad is is included in bhagavan but bhagavan does not is not bad neither bad nor good you know that's why when nachiketa asks the question anyatra dharmat anyatra adharmat you know anyatra dharmat anyatra adharmat other uh, uh, tell me something that's beyond the divide of good bad anyatra asmat kritat akritat tell me something that is you know that is uh, uh, that is uh, not you know created not subject to creation and not subject to an end anyatra bhutaacha bhavyaacha tell me something that is not constrained by time past and present and future these divisions are not there in which yat vadasi yat tat vadasi yat tat you know yat yat yatvam veda tat vada whatever you know please tell and so like this this that's why nachiketa's question is heralded as someone who's ready for knowledge and here too the valakilyas in asking this question about the intentionality of ishvara in creation in in this matter of creation have you know have opened a whole vista of discussion in terms of what all needs to be covered because the question whether bhagavan has an intentionality in creating this universe is connected to whether bhagavan is partial whether bhagavan has some desire and agenda to run the universe in a certain way just like a head of state be it the prime minister president whoever it is has an agenda that for as long as they are in power four years five years whatever it is they or even if one is a dictator or lifelong you know power that they will shape the society in this manner because they have a certain pet idea of how their community their country should go how it should move no <laughs> bhagavan doesn't have because all movement is just the order so we have the order of climate uh, the weather and we have the order of the seasons we have the order of karma this is the, and we have the order of dharma we have just orders all over the place there are just orders ha huh. so therefore what you know therefore the the whole thing has to be you know seen from this standpoint that whenever i have a you know whenever i see the jagat as desirable as wonderful then that itself is an adhyasa a superimposition you know what is the superimposition i am imbuing the universe with the power to be able to fulfill my desires and to take away my woes and to make me feel secure comfortable and happy whereas i'm already secure comfortable and happy but i don't know this so i'm hanging on to the jagat with every you know optimism that i can milk from the jagat some secure security happiness and comfort and one is able to do that but how much can you milk one liter of happiness and then after that what 
you know after that you want it again because it's it's a it's a contact high that's all it is <laughs> it's it's not you know it's not the it's not the the truth of one's swarupa now take the opposite for the person who is saying that this jagat is the source of all my sorrow that is also an adhyasa that is also a superimposition you know this is what it is and uh, therefore this these superimpositions have to be withdrawn in the light of knowledge and that's why when we talk about the jagat we we say only two things about the jagat that it is a non separate from bhagavan and two it can neither be affirmed nor be denied that is the status of the reality of the jagat and you the one who is occupying this jagat starting with this body mind sense complex which is also part of the jagat you know the universe you have a different level of reality than the jagat that's why you are not a creature of god yeah we don't have the word creature the the one that is created you are not created you are the same bhagavan which is occupying a particular name and form completely self uh, you know effulgent completely self aware and totally self conscious because this is a human birth this is what we have to understand so therefore what therefore the you know this creation myth is not important to us the only thing is that you know for the person in the beginning stages of this uh, teaching some kind of a discussion is needed uh, so that the person doesn't just stop and say ah, where is this bhagavan and who created all this so for that person we say that you know we give the explanation that you heard yesterday about you know the desires of the jiva clamoring for a playing field akshetra playing field which is not level because <laughs> you know it because of various karmas it's not a level playing field but they beg for a playing field where they can have all kinds of you know experiences and their desires becomes the seed for the universe to come into being and that universe comes into being it is infallible purnamadaha why because from whom from which sentient presence which is all knowledge this universe has as though been projected is infallible is infinite so the universe is also sharing the same dna it is also infinite it is also infallible because it just is how it should be that is how it is and then you know and who is this i this i is this self conscious being deluded by the wrong identification with the body mind sense complex with the desires with the idea that one is a doer one is an experiencer and as a result of that you know what happens you know the you know one is one is having fear and sorrow this is this is the this is the vision and this is a vision which you know has to be seen you know in the light of the valakilya's question does the the being have intentionality and the answer is what yes and no like how like even your waking did you intend to wake up in sleep well yes but i made that decision before sleep same thing so the intentionality is kind of there but it's not an intentionality or like that of a dictator running you know the country you know 
um, on the basis of some kind of a world domination agenda and annexing everything and running the country and doing all these things. It is not, you know, it is not this, this kind of a um, uh, dict dictator. It, it's not this kind of a thing. So, therefore what? The intentionality is a, it, it, that's why the whole Jagat is seen if you read the, if you study the Aitareya Upanishad and the Panchadashi, um, you, you will see that the Jagat is, that the universe is seen as a co-creation between Jiva and Ishvara. Ha! The jiva wants all these things. I want a playing field. I want a ball. I want some companions to play with. Let us say, you know, if you just go with the, the whole example of a field. And Bhagavan says, yes, you can have a playing field, but it's not going to be level. Yes, you can have the ball, but there are rules. You can't take the ball and run run home, run, uh, run home with it. Therefore, what? Therefore, we will make the ball attached to a string so you can just play right there in the court. So this is what the whole thing is. So the, the Jiva and Ishvara are co-creators of this Jagat. The, 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 the Ishvara Bhagavan creates this universe in what? In full knowledge and awareness. Therefore, uh, you know, it, 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 the knowledge being infallible, the Jagat is infallible. And the Jiva gets the chance to put a few, <laughs> what should I say, you know, like uh, children, the, the, the mother is making the cake and the children are decorating the cake. So the children have some little, uh, what is that called, you know, some sprinklies, you know, some uh, little things to sprinkle and some uh, little uh, small little, uh, what is that, you know, um, uh, uh, fruits, uh, dried fruits, you know, these, uh, uh, it has a certain name, you know fruit, dried fruits put in sugar, little small things are there, you know, and then uh, colored fruits. And then they give that dried fruits and the child decorates this halwa or this cake by putting all the fruits around or in a certain pattern. And little raisins and uh, cashews and some dried fruits it is putting. So, you know, of course the mother is in charge of the design and she will say you can only put around don't put in the middle because this is in the middle there is another idea you can put a few things here there that's it so the jiva puts a few raisins <laughs> in this universe because the, the, the rather the, when i say the jiva puts it's the desire of the jiva that sprinkles a few things here and there but really speaking this jagat is orchestrated by bhagavan and the jiva's intentionality and bhagavan's intentionality are really coalesced here because bhagavan really doesn't have intentionality and the jiva doesn't have intentionality the jiva's desires the force of the desires of the jiva along with the the memory of the previous cycle of creation and all knowledge of Bhagavan coalesce to create this Jagat, to make it a somewhat conducive place to, to get out all my, all my longings. And then finally, to grow to a sense of belonging with Ishvara. This is the whole idea. So this is a very unique creation myth. It's not that only Bhagavan created and Bhagavan created the Jiva. We never say that. So the Jiva is Ishvara. The only difference between Jiva and Ishvara is that Ishvara knows I am all pervasive, all knowledge, all, you know, limitlessness. And the Jiva does not know. 
is yet to know. That's the only difference. There's no other difference between Jiva and Ishvara. And this is, you know, and this difference, uh, you know, between Jiva and Ishvara, is the, the, uh, the separation is an as-though separation. Jiva and Ishvara are not separated by time or place. The separating factor between Jiva and Ishvara is ignorance, which is remedied through what kind of ignorance? Self-ignorance, which the remedy for which is self-knowledge. Ah, self-knowledge is the remedy, and this self-knowledge is it changes everything, changes everything totally, and you know um, this. Therefore, what? Therefore, we have to uh, this self-knowledge, like I said, does not make you capable of uh, flying, or uh, or does not stop all the um, you know does not uh, change all the problems in your life, you know. Oh, why did you wait for so long to tell us that? <laughs> so it does not change the problems in the life. What does it make? It makes you bigger than the problems. So you are able to face them with equanimity and without uh, being affected. That's the whole idea. Because we are not uh, interested in the creation myth because we are not interested in creation, uh, you know, because it has it is incapable of causing trouble. We are only interested in one creation which happens in between the two temples. Jiva Srishti. That is what is the problem. Jiva Srishti means Pratibhasikam is the, is, the, uh, is the Sanskrit word. We are interested in Jiva Srishti. We are interested in all the projections that one throws out about the, the universe, about the nature of oneself. All wrong projections. That's why it's called projections. It's a transference you know, about oneself, about universe, about the whole, you know, uh, the whole thing including what is God, what is not God, all these things. Those projections are subjective projections. They have to be withdrawn. They have to be suspended. They have to be resolved. They have to be healed. And that is why Vedanta is called super therapy because it removes this subjectivity. It doesn't just take the subjectivity to the parents and say, because given these parents, uh, you know, if I had these kinds of parents, I would be just under cover, covers all the time. <laughs> At least you are walking around and you are so functional, the therapist will say. <laughs> and then so what? So really speaking, this is, you know, this is the problem. The problem is, is one of, you know, uh, the, the problem is one of subjectivity. That is where, that is what needs to be corrected. And, you know, and that is going to be corrected in the next, you know, part that we are going to look at. More we shall see tomorrow. Om Purnamadas Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadagya Purnamivavashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Guru Namaha Harihi Om